Hello, and welcome to the Fire Up podcast. We are Simon and Madeline Carrington, founders of Fire Up Ministries. At Fire Up, our mission is to restore marriage and family life in our culture by proclaiming St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. This podcast is a place where we want to deepen our discussions on, on human relationships, marriage, family life, vocations, uh, masculinity and femininity, parenting and many other topics. This podcast is born out of our desire to set the whole world on fire with God's love so that every single person would know they are loved and created for happiness. We are so glad that you have joined us. Um, I'm going to give the um, sort of the theological, spiritual side of um, relationships and dating and Simon's going to come in and tackle the practicals with us. So hopefully um, it'll be really fruitful for you and you'll be able to take something away. But before we delve in, let's start with a prayer. I know you've been praying a lot this weekend, but just as we can um, come together and and pray and just pray um, that the Lord would anoint this talk and that um, you would would receive what, what he wants you to receive. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time together. I thank you for the opportunity to share the beauty of your truth of love, marriage, and sexuality. I pray that you would open our hearts to delve deeper into this mystery and to really open the ears of our heart to what you are calling us to and how you're calling us to love more fully. We ask for the intercession of our Blessed Mother and all the angels and saints to pray for us. Amen. Amen. St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. St. Joseph. Pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. And the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Sorry, I love my saints. Um, And, yeah, sorry, I do apologise about my talk, but we're doing so well. But about 30 seconds ago, Joseph threw up all over me. So, sorry, we're doing great, but... Anyway, he's five and a half months old, and um, he's pretty cute, isn't he? Yeah, so thanks, Joseph. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to delve right into the topic. Setting the world on fire, theology of the body, and the new evangelization. I'm going to break that down um, in our introduction, and then, as I said, get into more of the, the practicals. So I want to start just by, I guess, naming, shaming, and casting to the side the state of our culture. Okay, it's no surprise, it's a, you know, we all know it's, it's just a little bit of a mess. There's, I would um, dare say, an identity crisis. Um, there is a real longing um, for authentic love, okay, which every single human heart experiences. Um, there is a starving for truth, okay, and we can even press in a little bit deeper and say that that is a starving for heaven, okay, or a starving uh, a, a hunger for something that this world cannot give, okay? Because our hearts were made for the infinite, made for heaven. Your heart is made for heaven and nothing in this world can fulfill it, right? So we're in this little bit of a shamble where, you know, we're, we're in this identity crisis, we're longing for love, but so many people sadly don't know where to point that desire to have it fulfilled, okay? Now, we know um, or at least hopefully we're beginning to experience and understand that those desires that we have are good and that they can only be fulfilled in and through Christ. Okay? 
Now, Simon and I and many others firmly believe that the antidote or the, the answer to these deep, deep questions that our heart is asking is the theology of the body. What is the theology of the body? I'll get to that in a second. But that is the answer. That is the medicine to our malnutrition society, to our, our world that is craving truth and craving goodness, craving beauty, craving love. It's St. John Paul II's writings on theology of the body, amongst many other things in our beautiful Catholic Church. But primarily it is the, um, the theology of the body that answers the deep, deep questions about our desires for love, um, union, intimacy, relationship, and, and love. I can't say love enough. Um, so what is the theology of the body in a nutshell? Can I just get a show of hands if you have heard of Theology of the Body, even read it, read the whole thing? Good, okay, so most people, all right. Um, so just briefly then, the Theology of the Body was written by St. John Paul II when he was a cardinal in Poland. And then when he was given, when he became the Pope, he was given a beautiful platform to share this beautiful teaching. And he um, shared that from 1979 to 1984 in his, during his Wednesday audiences in Rome. And it's a collection of works and writings on our identity, um, specifically our identity as man and woman, so unpacking the masculinity and the femininity, um, marriage, relationships, our sexuality, um, and a whole array of topics that come under that umbrella. So it was... It's a, a wonderful, wonderful teaching that has totally transformed my life. Um, yeah, I'm not going to share, I don't have the time to share my testimony today, but my life was radically changed when I encountered St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body, as was Simon's. And so, you know, I really feel like without St. John Paul and the Theology of the Body, we, we wouldn't have met and got married and Joseph certainly wouldn't have been here. So... Um, we owe a lot to, to this teaching and that's why we're so passionate about sharing it and we want to share it with as many people who will listen. So thank you for listening. You're making us very happy. If you have half as much fun as we do today, we're doing okay, right? So um, that's a bit of an introduction to the theology of the body. But I really want to um, just, just take a pause, just take a moment and just to ponder something um, really, really crucial before we delve into this a little bit more. And this is a fundamental teaching of Theology of the Body. It's, it's really linked and tied up to our identity. And it is essential that we sit with this before we move through <coughs> deeper into this relationship, into this topic on relationships. And that is a simple fact that you are loved. You are unique. You are unrepeatable. Pope Benedict goes as far as to say that you are a thought of God. God thought you into existence. Okay, now perhaps you've never considered that before. I know I hadn't until I was about 19 or 20. Um, but it's such a fundamental truth and it is so important to understanding yourself, understanding any relationship that you're in, Everything. This truth should totally transform the way that you live your life. That you are completely created and sustained through the love of God. Okay, you're made in his image and likeness. Okay, I don't know about you, but how many times have you heard that phrase? 
You're made in the image and likeness of God. But have you stopped to think about what that means? You're made in the image and likeness of Almighty God. The creator of the universe is madly in love with you. Right? You are wanted. You are desired by him. You are loved by him. He's pursuing you right now. Okay, please God with what he's inspiring me to say. Right? He wants you to know this truth, that you are unrepeatable. You are irreplaceable in his eyes. There has never been another you, there never will be another you. Think about all the billions of people that have ever lived in the world. Not one of them comes close to being like you. Because he has designed you. He is the, the greatest artist and you are his masterpiece. And I'm not standing here being corny. That's the truth. Right? You are loved. Okay? Dare I say you are special. You matter. Okay? And as we go into talking about relationships, it's so important to see yourself first and foremost as a gift. You are a gift. And I'm just going to be super blunt and frank with you. If somebody fails to recognize you as a gift, see you later, Fred. They don't deserve you. Okay? You are a gift and you deserve to be treated as such. So um, a lot of what we're going to share today, Simon and I, it's our te- uh, a lot of it is our testimony, our experience of dating, and uh, I just want to give a little disclaimer as, as the woman in the relationship that being pursued by Simon was one of the most beautiful experiences. Everything he's going to share today, I can testify that it worked, okay, and that it, um, it really, I felt so honoured in the whole process. And, um, you know, we're not here telling you how to date. There's no papal encyclical that says this is how to date. It's simply a, um, some thoughts on our experience and kind of we've spoken to a lot of young people and just hearing their experiences and the pain and the hurt and the confusion that can often be tied up with dating. We just want to speak some truth into that through our own testimony and our own experiences based on all that we've collected from from these years of speaking to young people about this stuff. So um, something you may not know is a little fun fact. The first time we actually met was Eyewitness 2012. Yep. So we caught up a couple of years after that and um, things happened from there. But we, the first officially met was at Eyewitness here at Stanmore Tops. This is a very special day, isn't it? Um, I don't remember the date, but it was, it was Eyewitness. And so um, hopefully you've all come here for Jesus. And um, if something else so happens, that's wonderful. But um, that was very much where we were at. We were, we were coming for our relationship with the Lord and coming to serve and just so happened that we, we met and things went from there. So eyewitness, we do give credit for our, our first meeting. So let's get into the, the, um, the nitty-gritty here. This is my first... Sorry, I need my timer or Simon's not going to have enough time and he's going to get mad at me. So the spirituality of dating. Um, we're just going to go with the, the um, assumption here that most of you are either single or in a relationship. Is there any anyone married here? No, Just Nat. I know Nat. Okay. Um, good. All right. So that's a good assumption then. So we're, we're single or in a relationship. So we're just going to go with that from there. And so we want to address some themes in Theology of the Body from that standpoint. 
with the mindset of preparing for our future vocation, whether that be um, religious life, um, consecrated single, priesthood, or marriage, okay? And we're focusing on marriage today, but just that preparation um, and how we date and how we pursue others. So my first point here, we, we need to invite the Holy Spirit to inspire us to date in an authentic way. That is important. So my first point, we really should be praying about this stuff. Okay, if we're not praying about it, we need to start and invite the Lord into this. Lord, what do you want from me? Because we're all called to love. St. Teresa of Lisieux said that. Uh, my vocation is love. But what we really need to hone in and ask the Lord is, Lord, how are you calling me to love in the world? What vocation are you calling me to love through? Because love, love is what we're all called to. But it's how that looks different for everyone. How are you calling me to love? So I best love God by loving my husband, Simon. That's how I best love the Lord, right? By loving and serving him. And the same goes for him in loving me, okay? That, that's how we're called to love. A priest is called to love the Lord by loving his church, by loving his, his, um, his people, right, in, in the parish. So how is the Lord calling me to love? That's a wonderful question to ask in prayer. And by, use, by keeping in mind that we need to um, date with the virtues in mind as well. Okay, so we know the virtues, all, all those wonderful virtues, um, patience, um, prudence, temperance, keeping all that in mind. And we'll flesh that out a little bit more too. But, but really, how can I date in the most virtuous way possible? Because I don't know about you, but I've kind of noticed that some of the, the questions seem that some of the questions that seem to be asked is how can I date in the most confusing way possible? Or how can I play the most games with this person? That's not authentic dating. That's not dating virtuously. Right? There should be a real peace and a real um, acknowledgement of the good of the other. So let's date in an authentic way and virtuously. I want to just, um, just say something here. This seems to be... Um, a bit of a recurring theme here that when I talk to some young people is I just want to invite you to consider not over-spiritualising dating. Okay? Just because you're praying a rosary every day with someone does not mean that oh, I have to marry this person. Prayer in a relationship is an invitation for continued discernment. It doesn't mean you're solidifying this relationship to the point where this is get going to marriage and that's it. Prayer, when you're praying together with someone, it's about continuing that discernment process. Okay, because one thing that Simon and I kept doing in our relationship was we we'd, um, we'd check in every month. We do um, something where we were dating called a rose offering. If you want to learn more about it, there's a video on our, on our YouTube channel where we explain that process. But in a nutshell, every month, we would take um, white and red roses to Our Lady, a statue of Our Lady, um, and we would pray um, for our, the purity of our relationship and we'd have a, a conversation about how we were going, how we could love each other better, where we failed that month, how we could improve for next month. And that was always a point of talking about, right, is this still what the Lord is calling us to? We were constantly having that conversation. There was a real freedom there to, you know, bring up, okay, if the Lord wasn't calling us or, you know, we felt restless or whatever it was to have that conversation, not be afraid to have that conversation and be honest with someone. It's really important because we're dealing with our vocation here. It's a big deal. And marriage, guys, marriage is 
pretty much the one commitment you'll ever make that you can't get out of. Okay, what are some of the big commitments we make? Buying a house. Okay, you can always sell the house, right? A phone contract. Okay, well, Telstra, you know, you can get out of that pretty easy. There's not many, buying a car, you can sell it. There's not many things that we sign our life away and we can't take back. So marriage is something that we have to really, really, really take seriously and discern it. Um, I've already mentioned seeing the other as a gift and acknowledging the profound dignity at all times. Guard your heart. Who's heard that phrase before? Guard your heart, especially the ladies. Okay, but what does that actually mean? It's about being prudent. Okay, it's about really being prudent and getting when you're getting to know someone. And some great advice that someone gave me many years ago was three words, and I've never forgotten it. Live in reality. Okay, especially to the ladies, a Facebook like is not a marriage proposal. Okay? Guys, the giggles mean there's some truth there, okay? So a Facebook like is not a marriage proposal. Don't get to know someone through a screen. Because you take away the excitement, you take away the mystery. Can you imagine being on a date with someone and they're telling you about their life and you're thinking, yep, know that, I know you went fishing last week, I saw that, and yep, I know you've got three brothers because I stalked way back five years ago and you know, saw all your family photos from that Christmas. It's not fun. It's not fun. And can I challenge you, if you need to delete Facebook, just do it, okay? People survived and got married way before Facebook, okay? It's, it's not essential. So please just, just don't get caught up in social media. You don't want, you don't want to get to know someone through a screen. It's, it's not fun. Um, okay, here's a challenging thought that I heard when I was single, young and single, many, many years ago. If you're in a relationship with someone... This might be hard to think of if you're actually in a relationship, but I want to challenge you to do that. If you were in a relationship with someone, could you honestly imagine if you weren't called to marry them, could you sit in their wedding and watch them marry someone else and then be able to look the person they married in the eye and say, I did my best? to make them a better person for you. Or I did my best to lead them closer to God for you. Because the reality is, a relationship can either end in one of two ways. Like a dating relationship ends in one of two ways. It either ends with marriage and it begins like a whole new relationship, or it ends in a breakup. So if you're not called to marry this person, there's a very high potential they're going to marry someone else or they're going to be a priest or a religious sister. Okay, now obviously I'm getting a bit more into the, the dating boundaries, the physical, okay, bringing in chastity here. We've got to be real with this stuff. We can't go into relationships just thinking, oh, we'll figure it out. You've got to have a game plan. You've got to have a game plan when it comes to purity. What is your game plan? If you can't, if I walk up to you right now and say, what is your game plan? What are your, what are your boundaries in a relationship when it comes to purity? If you can't tell me right away, I'm challenging you to really consider whether or not you're ready for a relationship. And I know I'm being brutally honest here, but guys, we've got to date authentically. Okay, enough of the games, enough of the stuff that is just going to lead us to temptation, lead us to sin, 
we've got to get rid of it. And the way that we do that is by having an action plan before we begin the relationship. And all it takes is a 10, 15, 20 minute conversation with our Lord in adoration, asking him, what am I worth? Don't be afraid to ask that question. What am I worth? And he's, you know what his answer is going to be? The crucifix. You are worth that. You are worth dying for. You are worth a heck of a lot more than a one-night stand, than a casual hookup at a party, than some guy taking advantage of you on the couch just because you didn't have a game plan, just because you didn't have boundaries. You're worth a lot more than that. You are a gift. So don't enter a relationship without that in the forefront of your mind. And gentlemen, I'm challenging you, I'm inviting you to be gentlemen, to respect and honour the dignity of the women that you are pursuing. And you know what, guys? If you see a girl and you think, oh, she, you know, she's easy or she's got this reputation, you be the one to step up and remind her of her worth. Don't take advantage, don't be that next guy that's going to take advantage of her. And for the ladies, you have no idea how much we are capable of wounding men when we emasculate them by trying to be them. Embrace your femininity. Allow a man to lead you. There's nothing weak about that. It takes a great, great strength to let a man lead you. Okay, because we, we are too good, as men or women, we are too good at tearing the other down. And we've got, to say, we've got to say enough. And you know how we do that? Gentlemen, it's easy. You embrace your masculinity. Okay, you die to yourself. Stop being, I'm not saying you are, but don't be predators, be protectors. Right, and ladies, embrace your femininity. See it as a gift. Recognize that you are beautiful. Stop hiding behind this mask of feeling like you're not good enough or you're not pretty enough. Right? Because our Lord is waiting there to remind you. Okay, I've struggled with that, and every woman to some extent does struggle with it. Because it's it's a real lie that, that Satan tries to convince us that we're not good enough, that we're not pretty enough, that our hair's the wrong colour, that you know, we, we should look like this or whatever, whatever, whatever. Right? It's so easy to bind to those lies. But when we, as, as women, can go to our Lord and say, what am I worth? And he reminds us, then that's where our confidence comes from. Okay? And if, if someone else says what you're beautiful, that's awesome. That's a wonderful compliment to receive. But our worth, especially all of us, but especially for the women, our worth must come from the Lord. Our confidence must come from him. Because otherwise we're going to look for it in other ways and that's where we can get ourselves into trouble. Because okay? no man in this room is going to do it, but if some other guy comes along and um, wants to take advantage of you or anything, and you don't, you're not secure in your worth and your confidence as a, as a woman, okay, then it's so, so much easier to, to give in to that temptation. And we, we have to recognise that. You have to recognise you're a gift and you have to remember that. Um... Okay, last point here before I um, go into the last section. We need to give God. So if you're in a relationship 
or you're um, talking, to, talking to someone, okay, what is that? There shouldn't be any grey area, someone's going to get into that, okay? But if you are um, talking, if you are in a relationship, sorry, or you're being pursued or you're pursuing someone, um, give God, remember, live in reality, give God all of the potential and all of the nothingness of this current situation. I love that. Someone said that to me years ago. Like, you've got to just give God. If there's someone that you're interested in, there's something, you think something might be happening, just give it to the Lord. You know, I give you all the nothingness here. Because remember, we, we want to live in reality. We don't want to create stuff. We don't want to, you know, just because he, he says says hi, you don't want to go, you know, matching up your favourite children's names with his last name and, you know, all of those things. See the giggles, guys? It happens. Okay? <laughs> Um, and you just you want to live in reality, okay? Live in reality. So give God all the nothingness and all the potential, okay? This this could be the person you're called to marry, and that's the greatest greatest thing in the world, right? But it it could or could not be. So give God all of it. Now, just your your topic here for this weekend is life in the spirit, and what an awesome awesome topic. So I just want to speak to that before Simon comes up. Dating in the spirit. So it's so important to, um, oh, sorry, can I say one more point that I think is really important? Sorry, I'm the queen of tangents. You want to keep your prayer life alive. Remember what I was saying at the beginning of how um, don't over-spiritualize a relationship. Make sure you're praying. That's helpful with discernment. But it's so important that when, when you come together, okay, when you enter a relationship with someone, that your individual prayer life, doesn't become non-existent, okay? It's so important to pray together, all right? But don't let all your prayer be when you're with this person. So I heard it explained once in a really beautiful way. If you're in a relationship, even in marriage, okay? I'll use Simon and I as an example. We're married, okay? We, we pray every day together, but it's so important for us to both pray individually together. So the image we like to use is, you know, our... Our marriage, our prayer life is three candles, okay? So, you know, one candle represents my prayer life, another candle represents his prayer life. And when we were married or when we we began a relationship, we didn't extinguish both of our candles and light a new one together. We let our two candles light that middle one, but the other two stayed alit. Does that make sense? I think that's a really powerful image when we're talking about prayer because it's very easy Okay, and this almost happened to us. That's why we're pretty, we're pretty, um, or to me anyway, it was, uh, it was um, very easy to just sort of, oh, I'll just pray when, you know, so I'll just pray the rosary when I see Simon. And then if I didn't pray, see him that day, I didn't pray the rosary. That's, that's not, not good enough, right? We have to keep that, that individual candles lit. Okay, so dating in the spirit. I'm going to go through the fruits of the spirit. Um, very quickly and see how we can apply it to to dating and relationships so the first one is love okay so it's so important that we understand the true definition of love which is to will the good of the other as saint thomas aquinas says okay love is to will the good of the other um and we must must distinguish between love and lust in a relationship all the time joy and peace you should feel this in a relationship okay now guys if you haven't heard it or you haven't experienced it Sometimes relationships can be really, really hard. Okay, as John Paul II said, love is demanding. It requires everything of you. The greatest example of love that the world has ever seen was what? Calvary. 
Calvary, the crucifixion, okay, that was painful. Okay, love is one of the most, it is the most beautiful thing that we can experience on earth, but it can also be one of the most painful things. You think about the loss of someone, losing someone close to you, the pain there because you loved them so greatly, right? So there's, um, and so many of the saints talk about the relationship between love and suffering and how they're almost inseparable, okay? So, um, but having said that, there should be a deep joy there when you're with that person. In loving and serving and sacrificing, there should be a deep, deep joy, okay? You should see me hanging out Simon's clothes. I'm always smiling. (laughs) Not always, but um, there should be a deep, deep joy in serving and loving the other. And there should be a peace. When you're discerning marrying someone, when you're discerning entering a relationship with someone, there should be a peace there. I didn't say it's going to be easy. It might be really hard. And just because it is hard, it doesn't mean it's wrong. Okay? Simon and I had a terrible, terrible engagement. Like, it was, wasn't it brutal? It was brutal. He's nodding his head, right? It was brutal. But it didn't mean that we weren't supposed to be together. It just meant there were trials that we had to go through. There were things we had to sort out. And doesn't mean that it's wrong and that the Lord doesn't will it for you. In fact, if everything's going well and you never argue, one of you is probably lying. Because you can't, it's impossible to agree on every single thing with another person. There's stuff to sort out, stuff that comes up, wounds that come up that you didn't know were there. And it's so important that we have the courage to address these things. Okay? Um, Yeah, deep peace. I'm going to put patience, kindness, gentleness and goodness together because they all go hand in hand. Um, Treating each other with these gifts, with these fruits of the Spirit. Okay? So being patient, being kind, being gentle and, and... Acting good, okay? So that's like virtue. Virtue is a habitual habit to do good, okay? So there's a virtue there, all right? So all of these things, all of these fruits of the Spirit can, are so essential when we're dating, okay? It's not, it's not being... Um, it's hard to be have integrity and it's hard to be authentic when we're only nice when everything's going great in a relationship or only patient with that person when we're feeling happy. Okay, because we know love is a lot more than our feelings. Love is a choice. Okay, love is, is an action. It's willing the good of the other. It involves a sacrifice, so to speak. Okay, now, um, one thing that um, I love that Simon, Simon does is, and we did this even before we got married, when we were in a relationship, um, when we were having an argument, when we would argue about something, he would insist that we hold hands while we were arguing. <laughs> I'm not kidding, right? He would insist that we would hold hands when we were arguing, which was the last thing I felt like doing. But, but we did it, right? And even to this day, if we're arguing about something, we'll, you know, we're, I think we are quite, we, we, it's not that we never argue, it's just we've learned to argue well. And the, to the point where we can say, right, no good is going to come if we discuss this right now. Let's take half an hour. Let's think about and process this and then we'll come back together and we'll have a conversation about it, not, not a yelling match, right? Because the goal, the goal when you're arguing, guys, the goal is not to be right, right? The goal is to enter into what does the other person think and why do they feel this way, okay? 
because you're on the same team. In a relationship, in a marriage, it's never you against your, your um, spouse or you against your boyfriend or you against your girlfriend. It's you, it's you're, you're on the same team and you're trying to figure out together what is this issue that's coming between us. What is this? Let's sort out this thing that's trying to divide us, okay? That's what, that's what an argument needs to be. Not, oh, I have to be right, I have to prove you wrong. That's, that's, that's wrong. We can't have that attitude. So we, would, we hold hands when we're, when we're trying to understand where, what point is the other person coming from, and we talk about it. Now, Simon says that's to help us stay united and not lose sight of that. I think it's so that I don't hit him in the face. But anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, don't look, yeah, and something beautiful that St. John Paul says, he says, don't lose sight of the, of the interior gaze of the other. So, which, you know, if we unpack that, he's really at the essence saying, don't lose sight that the other person is a gift. And that if you're married to someone or if you're in a relationship with someone, God has given this person to you, okay, at this time as a gift, and he's given them to you to love. All right, so how, how go to love and love love is demanding, remember that. And um another fruit of the spirit, faithfulness, second last one. So when I often, you know, no one can tell you whether or not you're supposed to be in a relationship with someone or you should marry someone. That's really up for up to you to discern and decide. But one question that I like to encourage people to pray with and to ask if you're discerning being with someone or marrying someone is asking the question, can I suffer with this person can I suffer with this person because it's all wonderful if life's going well and everything's great and you're um, you know you're you're happy and yeah there's no no issues and you get on well and it's easy to love them that's wonderful but the reality is life can be really hard and life can throw you some some really challenging things that you don't plan that you don't expect that you didn't ask for and and you need to learn to get through it and deal with it together so it's so essential that we can that we can suffer with someone okay um that and that helps the relationship to grow and to to um to be nourished so can i suffer with this person can help us um figure out how we can love faithfully even in the in the bad times because what do we profess in the wedding vows not just the good times good and the bad sickness and health Okay, for rich or poorer. It's all of those things. And sadly, I'm sure all of us, or most of us, have been affected in some way or another by divorce in our family. Okay, whether it's parents, an aunt or an uncle, grandparents, whatever it may be. I'm sure we've all kind of felt the repercussions of divorce. Um, and it's, it shouldn't deter us from marriage because marriage is nothing... Um, intrinsically wrong with marriage but it's our approach to it okay sometimes things happen it's it's you know every situation is different but we um can't just fall into the trap of thinking that um marriage marriage is easy or if that happens that happens it's about again having a game plan like i want to be i want to have the greatest marriage i can have so i need to be the greatest man that i can be i need to be the greatest woman that i can be and I need to commit. I need to have that faithfulness no matter what. And I need to commit to, to always loving and always putting the good of the other first. Okay? 
And our last um, uh, fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Now, I'm largely going to address chastity, and so I'm just going to go into this a little bit more. But chastity, what is chastity? Okay, it's, yes, it's to do with our sexuality. And chastity is about ordering our sexual desires towards the good of the other all the time. Okay, all the time. It involves death to self. Yes, it's a list of no's, but it's a list of no's so that you can say a greater yes to that authentic love that your heart is craving, that all of our hearts are desiring, that authentic, life-giving, selfless love. Okay, and um, a final point here, something to think about. Being with someone, being in a relationship with someone should fill you up. It shouldn't drain you. Okay, it shouldn't, yes, there's going to be times where it's hard and that it can be a bit taxing and that it's going to involve a lot of giving, okay, but it's not about, oh, you gave, you only give 10% and I have to give 90. You can't have that attitude. It's I'm giving 100%. It's not even 50-50, it's 100%. I'm giving 100% to this relationship and please God, they're giving 100% back to you. And imagine that, imagine two people committed to giving 100% of themselves all the time. Isn't that going to look like a beautiful relationship? Isn't it? Yes? Yes? Yes. That's going to look awesome. Two people completely pouring themselves out in self-gift. That's amazing. That's what we want. Okay, so being with someone should fill us up. It shouldn't drain us to the point where we feel like we've got nothing left. That's not healthy. That's where you you say, right, I've I'm praying, I'm discerning this. I feel completely just drained all the time. This is not life-giving love. Okay? And being with someone should always lead us closer to God, closer to holiness. Okay, so I want to leave you with one final point um, before I hand over to my lovely husband. Gentlemen, cherish the mystery of the woman. Ladies, who wants to be cherished? Don't be shy. This is your chance to speak up. Who wants to be cherished? Yes. Natalie is very excited. Yes. Come on, ladies, seriously. Who wants to be cherished? Yes, it's part of our... It's written... Well done. It's written on our feminine hearts. Ladies, it's written on your feminine heart. This deep, 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 deep desire to be cherished. Did you hear that, gentlemen? Okay. Now, if I can speak to the men, ladies, it is so important that you, I'm going to say a key word here, I want to hear a big manly affirmation from the gentleman, respect the men. Oh, I'm not hearing a lot of testosterone. <laughs> gentlemen, do you want to be respected? Yes. Yes. Okay, ladies, if you didn't know this, written deep, 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 etched deep in the heart of a man is to be respected by a woman. Okay? What man likes to be called dumb or stupid? No man. Okay? But our society has sadly convinced us that that's what man is. You've got your typical Homer Simpson sitting on the couch eating donuts. Okay? That is not true masculinity. That is not what the masculine heart truly desires. Right? But ladies, we can't fail in encouraging and helping them to live out their masculine mission, okay, which is to love, serve, and protect you, ultimately. Okay? So ladies, respect the mission of the man to lead and 
Gentlemen, cherish the mystery of the woman. Okay? Help. And if a woman has forgotten her beauty, please help her remember that she is a gift and that she is beautiful. Okay, so um, I'm going to hand over to my dear husband, Simon, to go through some practicals and to help us um, put, yeah, put, a, put a practical element to all of that. So enjoy. I want to try and go through five points that I think are going to be really, really helpful that might just kind of um, might just kind of tie off everything that was said um, earlier between Maddie. Um, the first thing, when it comes to, 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 um, to, to, to going on dates, the whole scene, okay, can we, can, can I get a hands up? Can dating be confusing? Can dating, maybe, possibly, yeah, okay. The most, what I find, okay, from everyone that I meet, speak to, and even just, you know, friends and whatever, the, the thing that's most painful about oh, the, 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 uh, the, the, the whole dating scene is that nobody knows what the other person is thinking. Amen, girls especially, yeah. It's like so many girls are like, you know what, I just got, I've got no idea what he's thinking because this is the thing, right? It's, the, it's like, well, he's, he's acting this way, but he hasn't said how he feels and I'm just going crazy, right? Or the guy's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm showing interest, but I haven't, do I have to say something? Like, surely she can, she can pick up that I'm keen, right? And we're all just kind of wondering, well, this is the way we're acting, but no one's just coming out and saying, hey, you know, I, I really like you, let's date, whatever. So, so many people are hanging in this area that's just grey. No one knows what on earth is going on. What I want to say, the first point, which is so foundational to everything, if you want to have a, a, an experience of dating that is peaceful and awesome, and I can say our engagement was tough, yes, but our time of, of dating was awesome. Truthfully, those first few months of dating, I was just, mate, I was floating, Cheryl. I, I, I wasn't, wasn't even walking. It was just the most, it, the most awesome time of my life. And this is the one thing that I really think is so important. Can we get a clap for Mary? She brought me water. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll have a quick squeeze. He has to drink it now. That's okay, right? So the first point is we need to to uh, to clearly uh, 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 um, clearly uh, communicate our intentions. Clearly communicate intentions so that it, it gives our, our actions meaning. If we don't, because if we don't clearly communicate our intentions. What it means is that everything we do is a source of confusion, not of peace. Because if you haven't heard, you don't know what they're thinking, you're watching the way they're acting and all you can guess is they're acting. So you might be like, okay, well, I like this guy and he's really friendly to me, but he was treating the, the other girl exactly the same way. So I thought, I thought I was special, but now she, it looks like he's treating her the same way. All right, can we get... Do you understand all that? Yeah, okay. So it's so important that if you like someone, believe it or not, please tell them, right? We've got to actually, we have to communicate your intentions so that everything you do should actually confirm what you've said. Every action you do when it comes to, uh, to, to dating should only confirm what you have already said to them. Yeah? Really important point. I'm flying through... This is normally a one hour and 20 minute talk. I'm just gonna skim over, right? So the second point, once we know that is, and I know you're probably thinking, you know, we're talking about dating, 
I'm I'm not in a relationship, but I'm busting to get into a relationship. And I'm going to hit you with this point, and it might sink your heart a little bit, but please bear with me. The second point is this. Enjoy the season of singleness if you are single. Now, half the room's heart just went, oh, get out of here, mate. I'm sick of hearing about the singleness thing. But I'm going to tell you something that I hope is going to rock you a little bit. I said this to one, this one guy once, and he actually goes, hang, hang on, I, I must have heard you wrong. Can you say that again? I said, no, mate, you heard me, buddy. I know I stutter, but I, I said it right, okay? <laughs> I, see, I said, if you, if, if, if you hate being single, you'll be a horrible boyfriend. If you hate being single, you'll be the worst girlfriend. Why? Because if you hate being single, then what you're doing by seeking out a, 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 a relationship with, with, with another person is you are merely seeking that filling of the ache in your heart for love. And you're looking for, where's the guy that's going to fill that ache? Where's the girl that's going to fill that ache? And every, every cruise you go on with the university group, right? Every, every dance you go to, eyewitness retreats, conferences, this kind of thing. Right, she said she was here for Jesus. I was a bit half and half, right? I just happened to meet her. But it's, if, we, if, if we have this mindset that it's like everywhere we're going, we're just looking for who's going to satisfy this state of life I'm in in my singleness because I'm so empty and unhappy. And what happens then is we meet the person and it all happens so quick. Why? Because you're both empty and you're just looking for this, oh, this, this is Mr. Right, this is, Mr. This is the one, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to marry you. I've, I've met 16-year-old boys, it's like, Simon, Simon, I'm telling you, I know you've met a lot of kids, I know I've met the one. How long have you known her? We met last week, but I'm telling you, <laughs> this is the one, this is the one, right? So it often happens really, really quickly, because we're so eager just to have that hole in our heart filled. And what happens then is, you have that, that you, you argue for the first time. Or you wake up and you know, you're almost trying to put on this, this fake high that oh, I'm in a relationship, I've got a boyfriend now, like life's meant to be awesome. And then we suddenly have that first bad day or the first argument or things aren't just going awesome. And who do you blame? Oh, well, you know what? It must be her fault or it must be his fault because I was empty before I got into this relationship and it was your job to satisfy my desire for, for fulfillment. So you mustn't be the one. And then you start arguing, you start blaming the very thing that you thought was going to satisfy you. Because what we're essentially doing is we're, we're basically asking the other person to, to be God. And guess what happens when you realise the person that you're, you're dating isn't God? You get angry with what you think is a false idol. You think, you know what, she, you know, she was meant to be this, but she wasn't, so I'm on, on to the next person, on to the next person. And that's why someone can be in, 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 in a relationship, someone can be engaged. How on earth are you with someone in three weeks again? Like so many people I met, they're, they're in a relationship, it's been two, three years, they've even been engaged, and it's like, honestly, how can you tell me that in three weeks' time, you're all of a sudden with somebody else, and you just happen to feel exactly the same way about this person. It's got nothing to do with that at all. It simply points to the fact that this person just needed someone. Didn't matter who it was, they just needed somebody. So I want to really stress that. You cannot 
please, if, if you are really miserable in your singleness, don't date anybody until you're honestly happy with where you're at. Oh, but I'm almost 30. I don't care. If you can't be content in your singleness, you will ask this person you're dating to be your God. And they're never going to be God. So it's always going to end in, in, in pain. Always. So the, the, um, this is the, the, the largest error with dating, is that we seek our worth and our value from, from other people and not from God. If you're single, it's the one time in your life to, 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 uh, to fully know yourself. And this is, this is an awesome time. You, if you're called to marriage, you'll never have just this time completely set aside for you and for God again. And that's not a bad thing. I love being married and it's awesome. And certainly my prayer life hasn't, um, hasn't stopped, but it's certainly changed. When I was single, you know, doing, you know, t- t- doing teens ministry, mate, we were out till, you know, my, it, it's now I'm married, right? I'm a dad, I'm getting old. So, was, you know, if it's t- 10 p.m., I'm like, I'm ready for bed, right? Mate, back a, back a few years ago, I was like, mate, I might, might give Charbel a ring at 11. Where, where, where are we going, right? Where, where, where are we going to go out now? So it, it's so different. I, I can't do that anymore as a married man. I can't do that anymore as, as a father. But in your singleness, you have this absolute, this freedom to serve everybody. And I always stress this, people will be drawn to you the most when you're in a state of service. Give of yourself. If you're one of these people that are hanging around, you know, but I'm going, I'm going to cruises. I'm going to eyewitness and I'm going to these camps. Yeah, but if you're always going simply to receive, if you're always going just to wait for that guy to tap you on the shoulder and talk to you, or for this girl to notice you, that's not, the, that's not the best place to be when you're single. When you're single, it is a time to give. Okay, be a, 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 a total gift of self. If, if you're single in this room and you're not plugged into some kind of ministry, weekly, fortnightly, or monthly, find something today. What, what's burning on your heart? What... What is wrong with the world that drives you crazy? Is it youth ministry and you're sick of seeing kids leaving school and, and they don't walk back into a church? Get plugged into youth ministry then. Go and feed the homeless or feed the poor, whatever it is. Do something. Don't simply sit back and want to receive. In your singleness, be a gift of self and serve. That's when I met Maddie, right? We were both given talks. I was going around to parishes. She was going around to schools. And, and people started to say to Matty, you know, have you heard of Simon? He's doing similar stuff. And I was starting to hear, of, you, you have to meet Matt. How, how on earth have you not met, heard about Maddie yet? She's doing the same thing. You guys should team up. So she rang me, right? Yes, this, this, this is what she says anyway, right? She rang me to meet up and see how could we talk together, serve together, do youth ministry together. Mate, within 45 minutes, I was like, mate, this is the most incredible woman I've ever met in my life. And I honestly did, I did actually think that night, I remember coming home and I'm thinking, mate, this is the kind of girl I could marry, seriously. Straight away we got plugged into to ministry together, we're speaking at parishes, speaking at schools, but it was through that singleness spent in service that we came across each other, that God brought us to each other. Okay? Third point is, again, I'm, I'm going to fly through. The third point is, we have to restore friendship. 
Do we know? I mean, Jess. Do you know the microphone? We've got to restore friendship. We have this crazy thing called the friend zone, right? Crazy thing called the friend zone, which is where we have those, if you're a girl, right? You've got those guys that you know, yeah, but, we're, but we're friends, so I could never date any of those blokes, you know? <laughs> but we're going to go to cruises and we'll go on, we'll go to parties, we'll go to bars, and we'll meet some random bloke at this party, or meet some random girl at this party, and you know, I'll get her number, I'll get his number, we'll start texting or messaging or sending videos, whatever it might be. And it's like, you know, I've got all these friends, people that you know really well, they're people of faith, they've got virtue. They're awesome people, but we're constantly looking out there for the one that we're going to date and eventually marry. We've got it totally wrong. Completely wrong. We don't look out there to the strangers that we have no idea who they are, what their family's like, what their faith is like. Who are the people we should try and, 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 uh, and, and um, d- d- discern? Should I date this person to discern marriage? It's the people you actually know really well. We don't know, you know, this is like, it's, it's crazy, but we don't even bother meeting a new friend or talking to a new person of the opposite sex unless we think there's a possibility we, we might be interested in them. We, we, can't, we, we don't even see the point in that. Why, why am I going to meet this person or talk to this person if I don't actually want something from her? We need to have a selfless understanding of friendship. Where I'm, I'm, I'm going to befriend every person, not just because I think I might want to date them. In fact, that is almost the real test of authentic friendship. For the guys in the room, would you treat a woman with the same level of, 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 of respect and honour if you were not romantically drawn to her or interested in her? Because if, as, as sorry, as you would, it's an important thing, as you would have if someone walked in the door that you were romantically interested in and drawn to. Because that is a disintegration in your own manhood. You're not out there just to serve and respect and honour every woman that you encounter. You're only willing to be the best person you can be for the one that you want something from. Amen? Right? You're allowed to say amen if you agree. Amen, right? So that's really important. We have to restore friendship. Don't, when you meet somebody, don't jump straight to, to, to dating. Don't immediately go to, oh, I want to be uh, 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 as, uh, as exclusive as possible. This is a huge mistake a lot of young adults make. They make it exclusive and one-on-one right from the start. Okay, honestly, if you meet someone at a bar or at a party, and you're like, you know, he's a nice looking guy, she's a nice looking girl. You know, we, we spoke for a few minutes, she's really friendly. You get that girl's number, that guy's number. You meet up one-on-one for a, for a meal, for a coffee that next week. You're sitting opposite this person. She's all dressed up. You know, she, 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 looks, she, 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 looks, she looks great. The guy's there, right? You, you, you can smell his perfume. He's been, he's been bouncing <laughs> on himself the whole time. He's there all dressed up. Now you tell me... That is the perfect environment for romantic love to grow, is it not? And I can, I, can, I can present exactly who I want to be to this person. I can hide all my flaws and just talk about what I'm good at and what I want her to know. And she can do the same. She can put on a big, she can wear this mask. 
She can be whoever she wants me to believe that she is. And that's how most people date. Their understanding of dating is, I'm going to go out with this person exclusive, one-on-one, and that's the only way they get to know them. They miss the friendship stage where, you know what, when you're working in youth ministry or you're at a parish or you see them at, you know, at, at, at your church or at, at a function like this, guess what? You get to see the real them. If you really want to get to know somebody, you have to see them in the context of faith, family and friends. Faith, Do not go exclusive right from the start. In fact, it is a major red flag, a major red flag. If somebody is trying to pull you away from any of those three from early on. If they're pulling you away from friends, major red flag. Pulling you away from family or faith, they're major issues. Your life is already happening. Amen, right? It's already there. You meet this other person. You don't can your whole life and then just become focused and absorbed in this person, do you? This person needs to enter your life. And you need to enter that person's life. The only way that happens is by inviting them into group settings, friendship settings. Invite them to parish events. Or, hey, you know, I'm going to this talk at this parish. Come, come on down with me. And so every time you're going to see someone. Now, I'm not saying it's important. If you want to get to know somebody as a friend, especially for the guys, you've got to make the effort to create the opportunities to see them, don't you? If you know well, I'm gonna to go to this event, then invite them, that's good. You should do that. Look for as many ways possible to invite them to places you'll get to know them really well. But don't jump straight to let's go on a date, let's go, let's go to coffee, because that one-on-one being all exclusive is not the most helpful way to get to know the real person, right? So, sorry, I'm going over. I'll be five minutes in that. Is that all right? Is that all right? Just give me the thumbs up. Lastly, so if you're, you've been friends with this person, you've been hanging out in groups, you know, church stuff, maybe even family stuff, what do you actually do? Like, what do you do from there? Okay? Because I think this is where a lot of people get stuck. They're like, okay, we, I, I know this is how I feel. Like, we're more than friends, in my opinion, but I'm not sure where she or he is standing. So what do we actually do? Do I ask them on a date? The first thing, before you ask somebody on a date, we need to know what the purpose of dating is in a concrete way. The purpose of dating is to, is to, um, um, is to uh, discern a spouse, not to get to know somebody. That is what friendship is for. Amen? Friendship is where we get to know somebody. And the purpose of dating is to discern marriage. Now, when I said this at one, one parish once, this guy up the back stood up and said, mate, that's the biggest load of, you know, whatever you know, I've ever heard. Um, how can you, why, why, you know, he goes, that would mean that you'd actually have to know someone really well to go on a date with them. I was like, yeah, mate, yeah, right? What, what, what's the problem with that? We, a, a date should never be awkward. A date should never be awkward. You might be nervous because you're there talking about marriage or actually talking about your future, but it should never be awkward. Why? Because, you know, I'm married to my best friend. And anyone that's married is married to their best friend. If the purpose of dating is to dis- discern marriage, wouldn't it make sense that if the goal of marriage is for them to be your best friend, that at least 
you would date somebody that you're good friends with. Doesn't that just make sense? Because when you're going on a date, again, people, this is, it's very new to a lot of people, but this is what we did, and it was so, it was super, super clear. When we went on our first date, we discussed if we were to get married, what would X look like, and what would this look like? I'm talking first date. And it was awesome. We were both on the same page. We knew exactly what we wanted. We knew what the purpose of a date was. It was to discern marriage, not to have fun. Honestly, I, 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 I get really angry about this, okay? But I have heard so many young girls tell me, when I say, what do you think the purpose of a date is? They will tell me, I think a, a good date is if the guy can make me laugh. Right? I'm, I'm like, you know what, is, is that, is that, which I respond, is that honestly all you want? Do you just, you know what, then why don't you go date a clown every week? You know I mean? like, if, if that's all you want, okay, there's got to be more than that. The purpose of a date, okay, is to, is to discern, it's not just to have a good time, to have fun. Friendship is where you get to know someone. When you're dating someone, it's where we, 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 we want to discuss marriage. Or we feel, okay, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm not saying don't ask somebody on a date unless you know for sure this is the person that you, that, that, that you want to marry. Because that's never going to happen. Okay, it's never going to happen. Even right before I was going to walk into the church and get married, there's still an element of faith. Okay, none of us have the certainty. Like, n- none of us. I've, I've, one priest told me, I said, when did you know you were, you, were, you were meant to be a priest? He goes, when my bishop laid his hands on my head. That's when I knew it, right? I'm like, yeah, fair enough, right? There's always an element of faith there. But honestly, you should not uh, 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 initiate a date with anybody. You should not receive the invitation to go on a date with anybody unless you at least can say this. This is the kind of person... The kind of person that I, I, I would like or can see um, 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 myself marrying at least one day. She or she, he or she, they, they have these qualities, they have the values. Of course, I'm not certain, but I, I do feel that there's, there's a possibility that, we, that, that, that I could be called to marry this person. Final point, and this is the one I promised Nat, I'm done. Before you ask somebody, and this is key for those mad note takers like you in the front, she's got a, we've got a whole page going there. For, um, this is before the date. Before you go on a date with anybody, for the guys, and I, I'm, again, I, I, I normally have more time to flesh this out, but I do believe it is the responsibility of the guy to, to initiate the DTR conversation. The DTR conversation is this. Define the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the relationship. Define the relationship. It's a conversation that takes place between friends, okay, but the guy is taking an opportunity to be vulnerable, to be honest, and to say, this is actually how I feel about you. So when my DTR uh, with Maddie, we met up. Now, we had not met up like one-on-one yet just as friends, right? Because I just had that policy. I was like, look, I don't believe just catching up one-on-one for coffees is healthy. So it was always around faith, family, and friends, always. But I rang her one day. I was like, listen, I, I, I want to meet up like one-on-one. And she was like, ooh, okay, this is different, right? <laughs> so we met up, 
And mate, I'm not gonna lie, my knees were shaking <laughs> under the table. My hands were sweaty, I was so nervous. It wasn't awkward, because I knew her really well, but I was nervous, really nervous. Why was I nervous to tell her that I really liked her? And this is so important, especially for the guys. Please take this one to your heart and think about it. I've had some guys say, oh, that's a bit weird that you were that nervous. Like, why would you be that nervous? To which I'll respond, if you are not nervous to have a DTR with a girl, you don't really care enough about her if she says no. If you're just gonna waltz in and be like, hey, by the way, I like ya, you're like, because really, that, that attitude, what does that say? If you say no, there's plenty of fish in the sea, so I'm, I'm all good, right? Why was I so nervous? I wanted Maddie. I really, really, really wanted Maddie to say yes to me. So I was nervous. And I, and I said, I said, listen, I said, this is, we've been friends for a while now. I admire this about you. I really love this about you. And I said to her straight, I was like, you are honestly the kind of woman that I, 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 that I can see myself marrying one day. And I would, I would like to ask you on a date to discern marriage. Now, as I'm, I said it that bluntly, you ask her, right? Now, as I'm talking, her, her jaw's starting to drop. And I'm getting real worried. I'm like, oh, this is not, not going well, right? And she's, before the end of it, she's like this. No, I'm thinking, right, she's probably thinking, you know, he, he is a nice bloke, but you know, how, how, how am I going to tell him I'm, I'm not interested, right? And then her face just fell in her hands like this, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> she looked up at me, and she said, Simon, my heart is completely open to you. That's what she said. I was like, oh, my gosh, thank God. I was not, I was not expecting that at all. And even, in, even that night, even that night, I was still... I was still like, you know, I don't know, I don't know for certain if she's going to say yes. There was risk. Love must be, you must take a risk for real love. I know guys that say, you know what, I'll never ask a girl out until she says it first, because I'm, 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 I'm not going to risk that. I'm not going to risk asking and, and her for her to say no. You know what, but I think every single woman in the room... I've asked so many girls, but there's something about the heart of a woman that, that, that yearns and desires for a guy to love her enough to take the burden of that risk on himself. Amen? Yep. Yes? Amen. A woman craves a guy to initiate that first conversation. She craves it because she wants to know, am I worthy of that risk for you? Guys, that's one of the first tests of our manhood when it comes to, to, to relationships? Are we man enough to risk everything for the sake of the woman that we love? Now, once I said that DTR, she responded with, with, with not at, the, at first, but in the end, it was a, an, an enthusiastic, yes, I want to go on this date with you as well. Now, you, just, you imagine this, right? I've just told her I want to discern marriage with you. She's just told me I'm 100% on board. In a split second, the amount of peace that just came into that friendship, I can't even explain. Now I know she's exactly on the same page as me. So when I asked her on that date, remember, let's, let's just skip back half an hour. What was the first point? Clearly communicated intentions leads to meaningful, sincere action. Amen? So what did I just do? I just clearly communicated the intention, and now the action, which is the date, is totally 
intentional, meaningful, and sincere. And she never, one of the greatest things she ever said to me when we got married was one of the most beautiful parts about how, how you pursued me was I never, ever had to wonder what you were thinking. Guys, that really should be something that we're all aspiring to. Never, ever leave this woman hanging, wondering, well, what am I thinking? Now, if, so once the DTR has been, has been had, the girl is either going to say yes or she's going to say no. Okay, if she says no, it's no. Fellas, okay, you have to back away and you have to give, you have to understand for whatever reason she said no. Okay, you have, you have to be willing to say, okay, that's your response. But please, girls, I'm, I'm going to say this to you, which is very, very important. A guy, not only does he need to know this, but he also, he really, he really, um, you owe it to him to explain this to him. Don't just say no, you should tell him why. Okay, and be brave enough to tell him why. Hey, it could be as simple as, you know, some bloke comes up to Cheryl, she's like, I don't use me. Some bloke comes up to Cheryl and he says, hey, Cheryl, you all right? Can I date you? And she's like, nah, sorry, mate, right? Why? She might say, well, I'd love you to get a job first. You know what I mean? Right? <laughs> It, it might be that simple. Okay, it, 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 might, it, it, it doesn't even have to be something that's like, look, you are totally like off, off the books for me. You might say, hey, look, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of open to that, but right now, like, this is, like, there's no way I could date someone with like no job and no, no, you, you can't drive, whatever it is. Right? <laughs> Sorry, am I, am I pushing buttons here? This is not good. This is not good. Sorry, Cheryl. Okay. <laughs> or she, you could say, hey, you know what? I actually, I am just not interested. Like we've been friends for a while and it, it is a closed door and it is a closed door and don't, I'm not even going to give you to a further note. It's just, it, it's closed, right? Guys, if, if that is the answer, you need to walk away. You need to. But so many guys I know, when I've asked them, why did she say no? They'll often say she didn't give me a reason. And that no reason is what causes so much pain in, in their hearts and in, in their minds. They need to know that. Okay? No, I'm gonna end there. Anyway, I, I hope I, I hope some of that is helpful, but I really I I just okay, and again this is not if you don't date this way it's a mortal sin, okay? But I do <laughs> I do hope that some of what I've said there will help breathe a bit of peace and a bit of clarity in, into your either your current relationship or the next relationship that God may call you into. God bless you, thank you. <laughs>
or he had to promise that we were going to raise the kids in, in, in the faith, and so that they've managed to make that work. Okay. I've also I asked one guy who married a, a woman that that, that, uh, that, 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 uh, that was not not Christian, and he's got three kids with her or four kids with her. And I said, look, you know, I said I get asked this question all the time. Um, you know, should people, you know, date someone of of of, a, of, 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 a, of an interfaith, you know, relationship? And he said, um, he goes, look, you know, please do them all a favour and tell them don't, right? He goes because it's been so painful for me. He said, I just crave the, the idea of uh, not being able to share my faith with my wife has been such a thorn in my side for my whole life. Okay, so all I'm doing is I'm saying that to paint. There are definitely there there, there are there are people that are doing it, and, and I feel like God, you know, has called them to that. Um, however, I think it does bring it, it does bring some suffering. Okay, um, but there's other people that, that that seem to be doing really really well, and I'm sure even the ones that are doing really well, there's definitely um, the, 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 there's aspects of, of struggle um, in in that as well. Okay, there's there's no doubt about that. Okay, um, however, what my um, my advice is always this. My advice is always this, okay? Date somebody who shares the same faith as you. If you do feel very clearly that God is calling you to date somebody outside of your own faith, then that, that's not for me to judge, okay? Like that, that's for you to, 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 to discern through prayer. Because even, um, I think it's in the first, the, the, the first letter of Peter, he says the, the unbelieving wife, sorry, the, 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 uh, the, the believing wife, Wife will sanctify the unbelieving husband, and and the the uh, the husband who believes will sanctify the unbelieving wife. Okay, so there's certainly there is certainly people possibly in this room who may be called to that that unique vocation within marriage. Okay, to help sanctify their unbelieving spouse and bring them into the faith. But this is where it gets very very uh, very it, it can get very messy. For teenagers and for people of kind of this age, right, is that this is this is the this is a huge danger. You meet someone, oh, they look great, smell great, <laughs> athletic. They've got all the things that I would want in a person, but they aren't Catholic, okay. And so for this person, it almost becomes like their 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 their, uh, their, 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 their own mission to convert their boyfriend or girlfriend. And it becomes more about, okay, you're a really, really nice person, but you're just not exactly what I need to get married, so I need to work on you and mould you until you become Catholic. What this does very, very quickly is the other person who, is, who isn't Catholic, they feel like they're, they're, uh, they're, uh, they've become uh, this mission of the person they're in a relationship with, and they do tend to push the faith away even harder. Okay. There may be times where they're very, very open, and that's different. But that's 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 generally what I feel. What ends up happening is, and this is important for you to ask yourself: Are you really in love with that person just as they are, or are you in love with the idea of who you could make them come into, or who who could you convert them into being? Are you more in love with that future idea, or who is right in front of you? My advice would be, if you, are, if you do feel called to date someone who, who, who does not share our faith, certainly you'd be praying for them. Certainly you would hope that they would come to faith because you love them and you want them to have Jesus, right? Yeah. However, 
that cannot be a, a, um, a, a, a you, you need to love them unconditionally. It can't be a condition that will get married so long as you do convert. And you're constantly trying to wear them down. You, if you want to date a non-Catholic, you need to have firmly made up your mind that even if this person never converts, my love for them will never sway. That's really, really important. That's all I would kind of say. The reason I just, as, as in general, give the advice to date someone who shares the same faith is because mar- the, the purpose of marriage is to be a sign of is to be a sign of heaven, and it is meant to to, to kind of whet your thirst for heaven. That's the whole point. Even you know, um, um, love and 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 uh, and and. Um, uh, and all that stuff, everything within marriage, it's meant to point you to heaven. If the goal of marriage is to get each other to heaven, then I would say it is always ideal to date somebody who actually wants what the purpose of marriage is. Because it's not just me trying to get you to heaven, the person you're dating and hoping to marry should also be, be hungry for your salvation as well. And they should be ordering, everything you do should be ordered towards God and heaven. So it's a bit hard, I think, to have a really, a really fruitful marriage in that way when one of you does not want what the purpose of marriage is, which is to, 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 um, to, to get to heaven. I hope that, that gives you a little bit to pray with and to discern. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you would like ongoing formation from Fire Up Ministries, I would love to invite you to be a part of the Fire Up family. Please visit our website at at, at www.fireupministries.com for more information. For just $1 a day, you can have exclusive access to the content that we, we create just for our family members. We cover five key areas, singleness and vocation, dating, and marriage preparation, marriage enrichment, parenting purity to your children, and sexual apologetics. Each month we release new videos, prayer resources inspired by the theology of the body, and give you access to a private portal to answer your questions. The Fire Up Family is an online community of passionate people who are dedicated to being disciples of the teaching of Theology of the Body and working on allowing this teaching to transform their life. For just $30 a month, you can join us. We would love to welcome you to the family. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. God God bless. bless.